Victory Church. Man, excited to be here. I'm excited to be continuing on in our uh, series on community. Community. And uh, today we're going to be hitting on specifically community and a sinful world. Community and a sinful world. So far, we've hit on the fact that every single one of us individually is called to community. Being a good neighbor, showing love, compassion, and mercy to everybody that we come into contact with. And we're also called to community uh, as a church, as a body of believers, a local body of believers. The body of Christ that we're called and created to be here at Victory Church. Today we're specifically going to be focusing on the fact that we are called, encouraged, even warned to community, to engage in community. Because we need it in this sinful world that we live in. We need it in this sinful world that we live in. Guys, just in case you didn't already realize this coming in, we've all been exposed to a deadly disease. If you didn't realize that, I'm sorry to be a bearer of bad news, we have all been exposed to a deadly disease. And this disease, it tries to take away our very identity, just strip it away. It tries to individualize us, seclude us. It completely kills community, and it tries to kill us in the process. This disease has a 100% mortality rate meaning it kills absolutely everybody that it comes into contact with. And it is spread to every single person on the planet. Nobody is free from its grip. As Christians, we have a future promise of separation from this disease where we'll no longer have to struggle with it. We'll no longer be plagued by it at all. But for now, we still struggle with it. It's still here amongst us. We still struggle with its allure, with its deception. This disease, it has a name. Its name is sin. It's sin. And every single one of us not only struggles with it, guys, we have invited it in many ways into our lives. We have entertained it. We've even opened the door, so to speak, into our home and invited it into our families, into our church, into our community. Nothing in this world is free of its deadly grip. Nothing and nobody. The big idea here is every one of us struggles with sin, and we need each other to fight it. Every one of us struggles with sin, and we need each other to fight it. Guys, sin is sin, no matter how it rears its ugly head. Sin is sin, and we all struggle with it. So many Christians, we we try to separate at times our sin from other people's, right? Trying to make ourselves look better. Like, you know what, I don't really struggle that much. You know, almost like I'm a step down from Jesus. Like, I don't struggle that much. I mean, look at these guys over here. Like, they're the ones that struggle. Look at this dude. This dude over here struggling with addiction or whatever. Maybe this guy struggles. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't, I don't even need to talk about my stuff because I'm okay. It's not a big deal. Guys, that is such a lie. That is such a lie. Every single one of us struggles with sin. And we deserve nothing more than complete separation from God. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one no one righteous not even one because again every single one of us struggles with sin guys and we need each other to fight it let's pray father i thank you so much for this body of believers i thank you so much for the community that you have given us and god i pray that you continue to teach us what this is all about what it means to have community together as a church as a body of believers Teach us what it means to be your body, God. Teach us what it means to be a good neighbor. Teach us what it means to actually do life together, God. God, I pray against these traditions, our 
our sinful pride, all these things, all these boundaries, whatever it is in our life, I pray that you just break off anything in our life that separates us from you, from intimacy with you, community with you, and community with each other. I pray that you just break it off of our lives, God, to where there's nothing left but us and you. God, give us one heartbeat, one vision. That's your heartbeat and your vision. Impact our lives and help us to impact the community around us. In your incredible name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you guys might be wondering at this point, what is this whole community in a sinful world thing? Like, like what is this and why is this important? How does this apply to my life and what does it look like? See, guys, we engage in community in a sinful world by looking at others through the lens of love, knowing that every single one of us struggle with sin. We hate the sin, but love the sinner. And it's imperative that we be a people that looks in the mirror at our own sins and struggles first before we look at others in judgment and call out their sins. This is absolutely imperative. Guys, we're not meant to be perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. We're meant to follow Christ, learning all the more how to be closer and closer to him, how to, how to abandon ourselves more and more so we can live solely for Christ. That's our purpose, not to try to be perfect. And we need each other along the journey to learn from, to lean on, and to be encouraged by. The main text that we're going to be diving in today is just one verse. Galatians 6, verse 2. It says, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, before we dive into this verse anymore, I want to kind of zoom out for a moment. I want to look back at some of the preceding texts here to see what's going on. On here. See, in Galatians, the end of Galatians chapter 5, the chapter right before this one, Paul kind of introduces this thing called the, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So let's check this out. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. See, he contrasts the fruit of the Spirit with our kind of fleshly works. He contrasts these things. See, Paul craves, he longs for these Galatians to understand that they are a new creation. They have been made into a new creation. And he not only longs for them to know this, but he longs to live in light of the new creation that they've been created into. We see this, Galatians 5, 24, 26, it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified of the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Now, in, in verse 26 here, we see three things that Paul warns us of. Three different things. And then, at the end of that verse, there's two words that we see that we should notice there. It says, one another. One another. So, in other words, the three things that he's warning us about are in regards to our community. Regards to our community as a local church. So, in other words, we can almost say this like this. Victory Church, do not be conceited, self-centered. Do not provoke one another. Don't try to one-up each other. This isn't a contest, guys. We're here to help each other, not stir up hatred and bitterness in each other. And Victory Church, do not envy each other. Don't desire things for yourself that others may have. We shouldn't be jealous of each other because, again, this isn't a competition. We are one body, one body of Christ. Guys, we should be happy when somebody in our church body does well, when something is going well in their life. We should be happy for them. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be bitter or jealous because we don't have what they have and we want what they have. 
And in the same way, we should mourn with the people that are hurting. We should mourn with them. Get down in the muck with them and mourn with them. We are one body of believers, guys. One body. What happens to one of us impacts every single one of us. Again, this isn't a competition. It's a community. We are called to be a family. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so that you also won't be tempted. See, in this, this verse, we see Paul talking about how we need to help other people that are struggling with sin, other people that are overtaken in any wrongdoing is what it says. And he uses these words like someone or such a person. He's doing this intentionally to signify the fact that he's talking about us helping other people that are, that are struggling, helping other people that are overcome Within, in any wrongdoing. And when it says overcoming any wrongdoing, this is just people that are, that are succumbed to sin. They're, they're getting surrounded by it. And we need to go and we need to help them. But see, we see something a little bit different in Galatians 6 too, don't we? We see something a little bit different in that verse. Let's read that again, Galatians 6 2. And again, this is, this is our main text here. Carry one another's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Notice it doesn't say that we should carry their burdens. Right? Or we should carry others' burdens, does it? What does it say? We should carry one another's burdens. One another's burdens. Now, now, this verse is kind of an extension of verse 1. So in other words, we need to help other people be diligent. Again, being a good neighbor, being diligent about helping other people, showing love, compassion, and mercy to them. So we need to do that. But then this verse kind of calls us to something else. We see something in this verse that should cause our, our eyes and our ears to kind of perk up a little bit. And this is imperative. We can't miss these words, one another's, in this verse. One another's. We learn two important facts through this verse. One, that we are all called to do life together by coming alongside each other. We are all called to do life together by coming alongside each other. And the second thing we learn is that we all have burdens. Man, we all struggle with sin. In some way, shape, or form, we all struggle with sin, and we are not meant to go at it alone. We need each other. So the question then becomes, well, what do I do? Like, what do I do with this information, and how exactly do I do it? Like, me personally, what am I supposed to do? There's three things that are absolutely imperative if we're going to do community in a sinful world, carrying each other's burdens carrying one another's burdens. The first thing we have to realize is that we all struggle with sin, and we need each other. We all struggle with sin, guys, and we need each other. Guys, the only thing that separates us from Christ, or the only thing that separates us as Christians from from other people, rather, the only thing that separates us is the fact that our eyes have been opened to the saving grace of the gospel message. That is the absolutely only thing that separates us as Christians from other people. The only thing. Guys, if it wasn't for Christ's redemptive work on the cross and the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives, then we would be no different than anybody else. The world in our own pride t- tries to tell us that we're somehow better than other people, that we're better than other people that aren't Christians, or that we somehow deserve the grace of God that we've been given. But that is absolutely ridiculous. None of us deserve the grace of God that is found only through Christ Jesus. Romans 3, 23 through 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Guys, until we truly realize 
that we are only saved by Christ, and it's absolutely nothing that we have done to earn our salvation, then we cannot truly understand the beauty and the magnitude of the gospel message because we won't be able to see past our own pride. We won't be able to see past our own pride. It is only Christ, by Christ, that we are saved. Many of us, we try to act like, you know what, I, I don't really struggle that much. I, I'm okay, maybe a little bit here and there. You know, but these guys, these other guys, they're the ones that struggle. Look over there. It, it's not me. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't even really need to talk about it that much. But church, when are we going to wake up? When are we going to wake up and realize that we were drowning in sin with absolutely no hope? No hope whatsoever until Jesus Christ stepped into our situation and bought us our freedom and our redemption. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we have done. It's what Jesus has done. That is the reason that we are saved. Guys, rather than being a part of Satan's plan to continue tearing down this fallen world by looking at others in judgment and looking at others and all the negative things that we see in their lives, let's instead be a part of God's plan of redemption to peace back this fallen world by looking at others as Christ looks at them and love and compassion, the way that he looks at us, longing to have them know about the freedom that we've received through Christ, that he longs to give them as well. And guys, how can we truly do community in a sinful world if we don't even recognize our own burdens and our need for others in our life. Let me say that again. How can we truly do community in a sinful world if we don't even recognize our own burdens and our need for others in our life? We can't. Because as Christians, we all struggle with sin. Every single one of us struggles with sin. Guys, we're not meant to be perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. Every single one of us struggles in some way, shape, or form. Even Paul talked about this. Paul was very open and transparent about how he struggled. Paul was one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived. He was a spiritual giant. In Romans 7, 14 through 25, he talks about his own personal struggle with sin. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I am doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one that doing it, but, I, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is within me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do not do what I want to do, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is the sin that lives in me. So I discover this law, that... When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self, I delight in God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from the body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself am serving the law of God, but with my, my flesh, the law of of sin. Again, this is Paul, one of the biggest spiritual giants that ever walked this earth. And this guy is being transparent about the fact that he struggles with sin. Look how far we've come. So many of us, we're not willing to be transparent about the fact that we also struggle with sin. We also struggle and have our own burdens. In order to do community in a sinful world, we have to recognize the fact that, for one, others need us 
and the fact that we need others. Because again, guys, every one of us struggles with sin, and we need each other to fight it. The second thing we have to realize is we are all in a spiritual war, and we need each other. We're all in a spiritual war, and we need each other. Guys, we're not just a family. We are an army. We're an army, and we're called to community, which again means with unity, so that we can not only survive this war, but we can thrive through it, so we can thrive through it. And regardless of whether or not we want to be engaged in the spiritual war, man, the reality of it is we're all engaged in it, every single one of us. And we need each other as a body of believers, as a church to fight together. We need each other for accountability, for community, for intimacy, for discipleship, if we're going to be able to truly fight in the spiritual war that we're already engaged in. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. So in order for us to fight Satan and the demonic presences that are all around us, and guys, they are all around us all the time, we have something that we can kind of use, almost like a tool bag. I like to call um, these things spiritual guardrails because they kind of help keep us on that path that, that we're trying to go down rather than veering off the path. Because what Satan and these spiritual or these demonic influences around us, what they want to do is they want to trick us. They want to deceive us. They want us going off left field. And it just starts just a little bit before we know it. We're going this way, way out in left field off a spiritual cliff. But these spiritual guardrails, that kind of help keep us on track. We might veer just a little bit, but they help get us right back on track. There's two things, two main things. The first one is intimate and intentional time with God. Intimate and intentional time with God. And this is on a consistent basis through prayer. Just getting alone with God where it's you, just you and God. You and God diving into the word and seeking God individually. And the second thing is community and fellowship with other believers. Community and fellowship with other believers. Again, number one, intimate and intentional time with God. Number two, community and fellowship with other believers. Guys, we have to have that intimate time with God. Again, where it's intentional, where we get alone with God, whether you go out in the woods, where you're by yourself in the house, wherever it is, we have to have it. Diving into the Word. This is where God encourages us individually, and He convicts us, He grows us, He molds us. It is imperative that we have this in our life, that intimate time with God, where you just get alone with Him. It's just you and God. But see, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there, but the unfortunate truth is for so many Christians, probably the vast majority of Christians, it does stop there, but it's not supposed to. We are also called to community and fellowship with other believers. And guys, when we don't engage in community and fellowship with other believers, then we miss out on so many blessings that God wants to give us, so much spiritual maturity that he longs for us to grow into, and so many ways that he wants to mold us and use us together. Because when we're just doing life together or by ourselves, there's only so much that we can do. There's only so much that we can accomplish. But together, guys, it's unstoppable. It's an unstoppable force that God can use. And also when we're by ourselves, when we're alone, we're exactly where Satan wants us to be. You might be great at your individual time with God, and that's fantastic. But when you have no accountability, no community around you, you're just by yourself, that's exactly where Satan wants you. Do you realize that? You could pray every day. Be in the word all the time, but you're exactly where Satan wants you. He's got you under his thumb, man. Because by ourselves, we are easy prey for him. But again, together in a community, 
We help each other. That's what we're called to. And again, guys, don't forget, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. God in us. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us. He uses us. He works in and through us. And so what happens is when we actually do this community thing, do life together, doing accountability, God is speaking in and through us to each other. And he's convicting us, encouraging us. We are built up all the more. The intimate time with God, we're built up. Community, we're built up. And guys, again, when we are actually doing this community thing, doing this church thing, being the body of Christ, it is an unstoppable force that can impact the environment around us. And again, we are easy prey when we're not. We are such easy prey when we are by ourselves. We are exactly where Satan wants us. We need each other to fight alongside of in this spiritual war that we are engaged on. And again, guys, every single one of us is engaged in this war. Whether we want to be or not, we are. We are. The third thing we have to realize is we are all called to accountability, and we need each other. We are all called to accountability, and we need each other. Guys, we all struggle with sin, and we're all in a spiritual war. And when we realize these things, when we know these things, that helps us with the community and accountability. We have to realize those things first because that's the result is the accountability because we need it. And we realize that. See, when we realize, when I realize my own personal battle with sin, when I realize those things in my life that I need some help with, when I realize that I am surrounded by a spiritual battle that's going on, then what it does is it takes things like accountability and, and it moves it from just this kind of superficial, like, you know, just extracurricular thing where that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I'll, get, I'll do that one day. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe, maybe next week. It takes it from that to like, man, I need this. I need this. You search for it. You long for it because you understand the need for it in your life. You understand the need for it. Guys, every single one of us is called to participate in accountability. Every single one of us. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. Notice it says, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's very powerful in its effect. We, we participate in accountability, guys, by engaging intimately, taking the mask off. You've got to take the mask off and step out. Be willing to say, man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. This is going on in my life. I've had a hard week. You know, I've had issues over here at work. I'm struggling with some depression. You know, I'm struggling. I'm not in the word like I need to be consistently. You know, I'm struggling with some anger. I've got some bitterness for this person over here, for my boss or whatever else. I, you know, I'm struggling with addiction, whatever it may be. I'm struggling. I need, to, I need to get better about getting into the gym, the things that I'm eating. My God's, my, the word tells me that my body is a temple. I need to get better about the things that I'm eating, whatever it is, guys. One thing I can tell you that every single one of us struggle with at times is something called life. Life. I mean, let's just get real. Life is great. I I love it. We are so blessed to have the life that we have. But this life here in the sinful world at times, it can be difficult, can't it? It can be difficult. If you've never had a difficult time in life, then I'd like to talk with you because I want to see what your your trick is. Because every single one of us, man, we struggle with this thing called life. And we can't do it alone. Guys, we have to be willing to take the mask off. To take the mask off, to get real, to get raw, to get personal, to get intimate. That's how accountability works. That's how God grows us into the people that he longs for us to be. And that's how God uses us 
together to impact the environment around us. Remember, we're not called, guys, to, to carry the whole person. You can't carry the whole person. You realize that, right? We're called to carry the burdens, not the person. Only Jesus can carry the whole person. If you try to pick up a person and walk with them, depending on how big you are and how big they are, you might make it a few feet. Maybe, if you're really good, you might make it like a mile or so. But eventually, you're going to start to get tired, and you're going to collapse. So under their weight, so it's not just one person that all, that's, that's struggling that needs to be carried. It's two people now because you've collapsed. We cannot do this alone, guys. We are meant to shoulder these burdens and, and not carry the whole person, but just carry the burdens. And we're also not meant to do it by ourselves. We're meant to do it as a family, as a church, the body of Christ, where we together lift each other up, helping each other's, lifting each other's burdens up. God is holding us, and we're shouldering each other. That's the, the way we're meant to do this. That's the way we're meant to do this. And when we actually do this together, this community thing, together as a church, the way that we're called and created to do it, it is amazing the impact that we can have in the community around us, the way that God can work in and through our lives, not only impacting us, but impacting the community around us. And there's absolutely nothing he can't do. That's when he takes community from the superficial level to a very intimate personal, raw, and real level, where we actually are growing together as the body of Christ that we're created to be. Because again, every one of us struggles with sin, every single one of us, and we need each other to fight it. So how do we do community in a sinful world? How do we do community in a sinful world? By carrying one another's burdens, helping each other with our struggles, with the issues in our life, with whatever is going on, whatever life throws at us, whatever Satan throws at us, and even our flesh, by helping each other. And how do we carry each other's burdens? By understanding that every single one of us struggles with sin. Every one of us. And we're all engaged in a spiritual war, and we need each other. And the fact that we need each other for accountability. And the last part of Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 we see the reason for this command to carry one another's burdens. The reason for the command, it says, in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And this seems like a really important thing, man. I mean, this is important stuff. So the question stems from that is, well, what is the law of Christ? What is this, since this is so important? Let's dive into a verse, John 13, 34, to find the answer. And Jesus is talking here. He says, I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. The law of Christ is to love one another. Love one another. And of all the one another's that we see throughout the New Testament, and there's a ton of them, guys. There's several of them. This by far is the most important. The most important. Why is it the most important? Because this is Jesus' new commandment that he gave to the disciples the Last Supper just before he died. To love one another. Community. With unity. Guys, are we starting to understand the significance and the importance of community? 
intimate community with love at its center. And guys, the word tells us that God is love. So with God at the center. This is what we were created for. This is what we're called to. This is what we absolutely need in our lives. We cannot live without, both with God and with others. We can't do it alone, guys. We can't do it alone. And we're not meant to it. 